right. Well, good morning, and it is great to see you. I want to join the others who said, uh, we're so glad that you're with us today. If you're online watching us especially, we're glad. we got lots of folks in the room. It's so good to see you all this morning, at least half of you. I can see half of your face, and I know you're smiling back at me. So, uh, hey, it is great to see everyone, and I'm so glad to have a lot of guests. We have hundreds, even thousands over time watching our services online. So if you're watching online, we want you to know that there's a QR code there that you can see. We've noted another one. This one is for the Bible study itself, for the sermon, for you to then go to every day this week, perhaps, or even now. Some of you are using these in small groups, discussion questions. We just want you to join in. We're seeking to apply the word, not just hear me for about 30 minutes or so, but instead to apply God's word. So today I want to focus in on the last of the fruit of the Spirit. If you've been with us, we've been walking through the fruit. And if you're new to this, you're going, what is the fruit of the Spirit? We'll talk about that. I want to begin with a question, just straightforward. I mean, let's dive straight in. I want to ask you the question, is your life under control? Like, is every area of your life just under control? Now, I know the answer to that. What area of your life is out of control? Now, a mass confession here from me, I, entering into the pandemic, I've entered into some bad habits. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've entered into some, you know, a lot of us, maybe we're not working out quite as much as we were. You're not going to the gym. You're not in a group workout or something you might do. Maybe, um, I, I, here's my confession. I don't know why it started. I'm, I'm like eating ice cream, like at night. Like I can't, and you might, well, do you have, you know, come on, you can eat some ice cream. If I don't get a handle on this, it's going to get out of control. I'm just telling you. I, I was not doing this before the pandemic, and, and yet, you know, ice cream's pretty good. And I need some self-control. You picked up on it. That's what we're going to talk about today is this last fruit of the spirit, self-control. But I want you to think so that you can really apply this message. What area of your life is out of control? Now, quickly... I'm guessing some of you, right away, we know some things. I want you to focus in. Maybe it's on one thing. Maybe it's five things. Maybe you make a list even now as I'm talking. Let the Spirit work in your heart, in your life this morning. I want to play this out for you a little bit. Are your finances out of control? Is your spending out of control? Is Amazon out of control in your life? Maybe, maybe relationships are out of control. Uh, maybe you gossip too much, just out of control. You don't even know it. Maybe you have a negative spirit. Can, can I say it? Maybe it's alcohol is out of control in your life. Some, some form of medication. Maybe it's your thought life. Maybe it's sexual sin. Maybe it's lust out of control. Maybe for, for so many, even in this room and watch me, maybe it's pornography. Porn is out of control in your life. What you're bringing into your eyes, what you're seeing, what you're allowing to come in, to your home is out of control. Maybe your pursuit of the acceptance of others or your performance, maybe you can't stop. Maybe you're lazy, maybe you can't stop working. You're out of control. Maybe your schedule's out of control. Maybe it's a desire for pleasure of some sort, wealth or notoriety or fame. What area of your life are you out of control? Today, I believe this message will change your life. I believe the word of God applied in your life right now as we wrap up this series today, this message will change your life. 
And so I want us to all hone in and focus in and name those areas in our lives where we're out of control. All of this in the context of Galatians 5. You can go ahead and turn there, in fact. Turn to Galatians 5. We're going to look at this passage a little bit, and then we're going to jump to uh, Romans 7 here in just a bit. But, but in Galatians 5, we see the text uh, that we've been looking at, the first two verses, that, or two verses in uh, chapter 5. 22 and 23. We've memorized these verses. In fact, let's all say it. You go home, say it out loud. Impress your friends, whoever's with you, family or whatever. Just impress yourself with this. All right, let's do it. Everybody. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's no law. Now we've been applying a specific fruit, a real fruit with each fruit so we can kind of remember. And when we eat it or see it, we'll remember. You might remember if you've been with us, if you've not been with us, love was what? Anybody? It was the watermelon. Smallest little seed, biggest fruit. Love. Joy was the orange. Uh, peace was the peach, right? Patience was the pineapple, remember that? It takes forever to grow. It takes a lot to get into it. Um, patience, kindness was grapes. Comes in bunches, comes in the little stuff. Goodness was the apple, right? Goodness through and through. Faithfulness was the banana. Last week we looked at gentleness, which was the avocado. And this week, self-control. Now you can see I've got some strawberries here because if you like strawberries, you're gonna need some self-control. Am I right? And if you're like my wife, Stacy, who likes chocolate-covered strawberries, <laughs> you really need some self-control. You can't eat just one, can you? And, and hey, and, and I was reminded that the, the strawberry is the only fruit that actually has the seeds on the outside. Interesting. Because here's the thing, the, the only one that we've looked at, because the seed on the outside, I, I'm going I'm to point to this today, that self-control really guides all the others. Could it be that it brings life, growth into our lives, into all of these other areas? As we land this message, I want to talk about how we can actually live this out in our lives. A comprehensive life given over to God is what he's called us to. And, and we've noted that on the, on the end of that uh, that, that, that list of the fruit. He says, against such things, there is no law. This is important for us to, to note today. Uh, he's saying a very important thing for us. He's saying that the idea of getting better, work harder, get better, follow after the law, okay, the commands of God, religion, which just says, do this, do this, do this, do this. Paul's saying, that's not gonna help you here. Instead, if you live this kind of life that the, the, the spirit produces, not your own, you know, effort, work harder, get better, but the spirit produces in you. So there's this surrender. This is not a stoic kind of self-control. Self-control is not a biblical idea. And yet this kind of self-control we're going to talk about today is purely biblical and is not something else and why it's so rare to see in our lives. It's not something that we see elsewhere and it only happens through the power of the spirit. Paul's saying here, there's no law, no restraint, there's no boundaries. I'm reminded of, of St. Augustine's famous phrase when he said, love God and do as you please. That's not a license towards sin. He's saying, if you love God and it's Jesus with the greatest commandment, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you're going to do by the power of the spirit in you, you're going to live a life 
that is obedient to him. And it, yes, it's a life of self-control. I can say self-control guides all of the others. And in Galatians, Paul has told us we're prone to run after other gospels, he says in, in the first chapter. We're prone to run after another gospel. And he notes it's not a gospel at all. It's not good news. The law and religion is actually bad news initially because you can't live up to the holy command, demands of God. And it's why religion, you see, is, the, is different from Christianity. We often talk about this. We often say we talk about it's a relationship, not religion. I like to say it this way. Religion is, it's do versus done. You've got to do this, do this, do this instead of, no, it's done for you. Christianity says to, that to live this kind of life, it's going to happen when we receive the grace of God and recognize how much we're loved by him. That's where it starts. And so today we're going to talk about this religion, not so much good news, the law, but it points us to something else. So in Galatians 5.1, in the context of the fruit of the spirit, he says this, for freedom, Christ has set us free. That sounds kind of redundant. For freedom, he has set us free. He's saying, no, first you're set free by the power of God and then you're able to live this. But look at what he says. Hey, don't submit yourself again to a yoke of slavery. Then he goes on to describe what a life that's out of control looks like in the first part of chapter five. We placed that in context when we started this message. But you know, when we say that someone's out of control, we say a child, you're just out of control. A little bit, a kid out of control. Or when we realize later, I was just out of control. I just kind of lost my mind when I said that. I was out. Of, I'm sorry. I was out of control. We, we, we really don't mean that. Think about it. I, I could argue, no, you are in control. You're in control of every thought, every action in your life. You can't say, the devil made me do it. You can't say, it was your problem. That person ticked me off. That's what we do in our culture today. We don't own the responsibility. Now, what we'll see today is a little twist in that because the, 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 really the point we're gonna see here is the question is to whom have you given control of your life? Over to the stuff of the flesh we're gonna talk about or to the spirit of God. We've got a decision to make. Jesus had said in John 8, you know this passage, perhaps, if, if you abide in me, in my word, if you live in me and walk with me, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you, what? Free. Evidently, we need to be liberated, set free from something. Paul is simply echoing the words of Jesus here in Galatians 5 and he's repeating these words, but we have a twofold problem here. One, we've got to recognize that we're in desperate need of rescue. And that's the first thing I want us to see. The second thing that I see here is a problem is many of us don't, we, we don't think, I guess, first of all, we don't think we need to be free. I mean, like, is your life out of control? You say, well, not really, Jeff, look at me. I'm, I'm dressed. I'm here today. I'm, I'm not out of control. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing well. A lot of us don't realize we need rescue. That's the first step. The, the next one, uh, it, it, to just to set all this up, it is a misunderstanding of what freedom is. I talk to our young people here, our children, and, and yes, adults. A lot of us think freedom is just doing whatever I want to do. And young people, listen, freedom is not doing whatever you want to do. Because giving over to whatever I want to do, 
that leads to all kinds of, of problems, right? We could all share stories of here's what happened when I went that way, do what I wanted to do. Freedom's not doing whatever you want to do. It, it's, it's, it's the freedom to do what you ought to do. Those are two very different things. We're talking about self-control here today. And so if you can't, here it is, if you can't do what you ought to do, that's not freedom, that's bondage. What most of us think is freedom in the world today is actually bondage. And so to exercise self-control is to discipline ourselves, set boundaries, and, 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 and really rule over our lives and our actions. How about this? It's a thoughtful life that says, I'm going to consider the results of my actions before I act. That's a life of self-control. That's biblical self-control. Someone or something is controlling your life. And let's talk about it. Turn to Romans 7. Romans chapter 7. This is an amazing passage. I'm so glad this passage is in the Bible. And as you're turning there, let me place it in context again. Now I'm going to another chapter, but another, another, another place. But self-control is thinking before you act. It's considering the results, again, of your actions before you act. But watch this. It's not ultimately self-control. It is, as we've talked about, it's spirit control. Something, someone is controlling your life. And we make decisions every day. Who is it going to be? Will it be what we're going to see here? The flesh, my own control, or will I give it over, render it over to the spirit of God? Romans 7, verse 13 through 21. Paul's been talking about the law. Now, to be clear, the law is God's holy commands. It's his standard, his holiness. It's all that is in the law. What we know about God's call for us to holiness and to live our lives for him. He's been saying, hey, we, we don't like to be told what, what to do, but the law is actually good. And we think, well, no, have you ever thought this? If I didn't know all the laws of God and I didn't know he was holy, then I'd be kind of set free from all this stuff. It's a burden. Paul's arguing this and then he says this in verse 13. Did that which is good, okay, the law, then bring death to me? He's saying, if I didn't know the law, is that, is that the problem? The law comes after me. And all these crushing demands are on me. He says, by no means, it was sin. Here's what he's saying. The law is not the problem. My sin is the problem. Producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin. And through the commandment, or really the holy law of God, might become sinful beyond measure. In other words, reveal sin totally in my life. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Look at this. He says, I'm the problem. The first thing I want us to see here today is uh, I'm the problem. So I want to talk about three things. Taking notes, here it is. The nature of sin. All right, the, the need for sin, the necessity of sin uh, or of self-control. And then finally, the, um, the new normal of self-control, all right? Because I'm gonna land this and send us off. Everybody's talking about the new normal. I believe that today you can begin this process of being set free from that particular sin that you cannot, you don't think you can overcome. You've entered a, a pattern or habitual sin and you've named it, the spirit is speaking into your heart. And what Paul is saying here is this, my sin is the problem, but the law, though it's good to reveal the problem, cannot fix my problem. I want you to see the nature 
of self-control. Because the nature of self-control then points us to really the nature of sin and what we're up against here. Paul is saying here, as he does in Galatians and other places, it's like looking in a mirror. This morning you looked in a mirror. Uh, or if you're home, maybe you haven't looked in the mirror yet. But most of us go on, we looked in the mirror. Am I looking good? Am I okay? And, and you, maybe you looked in the mirror and said, I, I'm having a bad hair day. Now, I never have a bad hair day. Or I, I, I'm having a bad hair life, okay? But you look in the mirror and you go, I, there's trouble. But you never pull the mirror off the wall in order to fix the problem. Nobody does that. The mirror reveals the problem, has no power in it to fix the problem. The law reveals the problem. Praise be to God. His, his holy commands reveal the problem, but the law cannot fix the problem. This is what Paul is arguing here. So the nature of self-control then is this. This is not a worldly self-control. He says, I'm sold into sin in verse 14. I'm a slave to sin. The first step here is to admit you have no power over that particular sin in your life. You really don't. That's the problem. Well, you know, I overcame it that one time and then, then I, I gave it up and, then I, and now I'm back. What is going on here? Listen, your self-help books will not help you. Your favorite blogger won't help you. I don't know if Oprah won't help you because you cannot help yourself. And this is the first thing we've got to come to grips with. Look at verse 15. For I do not understand my own actions. Anybody? <laughs> I love that this is in here. Arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived. He's telling us, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, if I can't be trusted with what is best for me, I can't figure it out, then it's obvious God needs to tell me what's best for me. And this is true for every single one of us. The law is good. Look at verse 17. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now, it does sound like, wait, you, you abdicating what you're saying? The devil made me do it. It wasn't me. No, no, no. That's not what he's saying. He's noting the human nature that we're all totally depraved before God without hope. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. And friends, if we, again, we could all, we could step up to the mic and say, here's my thing. Every one of us, multiple things in our lives. Verse 20, now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Paul is saying, literally, I'm out of control. I'm out of control. So to understand the nature of self-control, we've got to understand the nature of sin while well, I'm taking time to do this. Because, you know, you say, hey, just say no. Just say no. How's that working out for you? Right? Stop it, stop it, stop it. Just say no, just say no. Look, just say no, it, it, it may educate, but it cannot eradicate the problem. The problem is you have no power within you to say no. I was reading a story this past week, uh, a robbery that took place in Houston. A guy went into Costco and he hid behind a display uh, for hours. They shut the place down, he's still in there. And then the cameras show him later, he, he goes over and just breaks open all these, the cases of jewelry and such. I, didn't, I don't know if you 
buy jewelry at Costco. I didn't know they had jewelry there. I'd be going to the frozen section or something. He's running out the back of the place. They'd never caught him. It was an inside job. And then I started reading stories of these heists. You know, it's like a great movie. It truly has happened. Armored cars, businesses, banks have been robbed. And it's been an inside job. Here's my point. Every sin is an inside job. Every sin in your life comes from within. The real enemy of the soul is within. And it's called the desires of the flesh. It's the flesh is what Paul references here. Look at verse 16. Earlier in Galatians, he, I'm sorry, this is chapter five, yeah, verse 16 on the screen. He, earlier, he, he's noted, he describes it this way, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, if you keep in step with the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, so two possibilities here. There's a civil war going on inside of your heart. We all know it experientially. We all know this. It's the desires of the flesh up against the desire of the spirit. And and Paul is saying, listen, that is the nature of self-control. So let's talk about the need. Let's talk about the need. Now, the need is self-evident here. We've already talked through this a bit. But but what I'm saying here is your need for self-control is critical if you're going to live a Christian life. It's central. You can't live the Christian life without self-control. This is why this is so important. And I think why Paul places it at the very end. So look at verse 20, 21. Back to our passage here in, in Romans. So I find it to be a law. Like this is not a theory. This is not something I'm, this is always the case that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in the member, my members, another law waging war against the law of the mind. Watch this, of my mind. Keep that in mind. <laughs> and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? He's saying again, I'm out of control. I need help desperately. Friend, you and I need help desperately. You can't live this life we've been called to live, if you're a believer, without self-control. In fact, Proverbs 25, 28 says this, it's like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. That last statement that Paul makes in, in verse 24, I love how the message puts it. It says this, I've tried everything, nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question, he says. Who will rescue me? Who is gonna rescue me from this lack of self-control, this life that's out of control? I want us to talk about now, we've talked about the nature, the need. Now I wanna talk about the new normal of self-control. As we land this message and land this series, everybody's talking about the new normal. But what if, friends, listen, what if today, starting today, that sin in your life that's become habitual ends starting today? What if you stop the sin of greed in your life? What if you end your, your, your anger, you finally stop and everybody around you is gonna see that you're now different? What if you ended this judgmental spirit? What if you stopped lusting after the stuff of this world? Or what if you ended sexual lust 
and sin in your life starting today. Now, some of you have been in patterns of sin. You think, well, I've tried that, Jeff. I just don't know. I think I'm as good as I'm gonna get. Listen, today is the day for you to take control, allow the spirit to take control of your fear, your worry, your life, maybe a negative spirit. Maybe, you, maybe can I say, maybe, again, maybe you drink too much. Maybe it's some kind of, uh, uh, it's an alcoholic. Maybe it's an addiction you need to talk to somebody about. Maybe you need to kindly come and intervene in someone's life. Maybe for you, it's, it's, it's what you think is private. Listen, we never sin in private. Sin is never done in a vacuum. What I mean is you don't just keep sinning privately and it not impact the rest of your life. And today he's calling us to holiness as he does every day. But how is this going to happen? Look at verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now you may like, wait, that's a strange, wait. Paul, give me five points. Give me like three things I need to do. Come on, lay it out for me. And I'm going to do a bit of that before we're done here. But he's saying, Jesus Christ, our Lord is the answer. And, and, and I want us to really play this out as we, as we land this. So then I myself, he just summarizes, serve the law of God in my mind, with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Who will rescue me? It's going to be Jesus I love Psalm 119, verse 32. In in a certain translation, it says this. I run in the paths of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Isn't that beautiful? I run in the path of your commands because you have set my heart free. You first have set me free because I've turned to you by faith. You lived the perfect life for me. You died on the cross for me. Friends, listen, if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, he has taken all of this. You say, Jeff, I can't live all this out. Christ did it perfectly. And he died on the cross to take on your shame and your punishment. And he, and he rose again, conquering death and hell. So that we can live by the power of the spirit. Did you hear Blakely earlier? In her baptism, I want to obey Jesus because I love him so much. And that starts with his great love for us. And so our, our memory verse this week is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. This is so critical for us to understand. And listen, we do this together. If I had time, we'd go to Titus where he says, I want older men to have self-control. I want women to follow them. And, and I want young women to understand that these, these older women are not gossipers. They're following Jesus. I want young men to have self-control and to be models of what it is to be godly. He's saying, we do this together. We, we, we need to challenge each other. We need to be accountable. And so what I'm gonna do is close with three areas in your life, my life, and ask simple questions, three questions. I wanna talk about the spirit, the body, in the mind. Okay, let's start with the body. In the spirit, is the spirit in control of your body? Romans 12, 1 and 2, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Where the spirit of God, the temple of God, where the spirit of God resides. Again, do you drink too much? Do, 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 you, do, you, do, do you not rest enough? How about you refuse to rest? You work too much. Is it your sexual desires again? Is it out of control? Is it pornography? Listen, students, singles, married. You can be married and be completely jacked up spiritually and sexually. Your sexual life can be out of control. A verse I I memorized when I was in high school. 
And because I was challenged towards this with a group of guys trying to walk and trying to be as best we could, try to walk in purity. It was 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. I can remember it. 2, 2, 2, 2. So flee from youthful lust. Was the, was the, the translation I, I memorized. Flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call upon the name of the Lord with a pure heart. In that one verse gives us the answer. Confess your sin. Do it with others who are running after God. Take action. Be accountable. And parents, I've got to tell you this. If you're not putting restrictions around what's coming into your home via the internet, you've got garbage being pumped in to your home, into the minds of our children. Let us help you. Is, is the spirit and I mean, let us help you know there's all kinds of restrictions you can put. There's devices that can help you. Contact us. Put it out on the chat right now. Where do I go? What is this? I want to tell, share this with someone. I don't have any kids, but I want to share this with somebody else. We can help you, friends. We're seeing victory in this area with people who are really being accountable. For others, it is destroying lives and families. Is the spirit in control of your body? Is the spirit in control of your mind? I love that. Second Corinthians 10, 5, it says, take every captive thought and let it be obedient to Christ. Every thought captive to Jesus Christ. Because it all starts in the mind. James tells us in chapter one, the anatomy or the process of sin, how it plays out, kind of the life stages of sin. It's lured, we're enticed. And then it's conceived, then it gives birth, then it grows, then it becomes mature, and then it leads to death. Just a full life cycle. Sin by its nature leads to death. He's saying, look, is the spirit in control of your mind? It starts in the mind. Is, is the spirit controlling? Is, is the truth of God invading your mind? Is that the thing you focus on? And then finally, is the spirit in control of your soul? In First Peter, he says, it's to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. This word nefesh in the Hebrew is an understanding of the soul was kind of the total person. Sometimes we translate it heart, the core. It's, it's the whole person is your life under the control of the Holy Spirit. Do you see this? Jesus said it this way with the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Is the spirit leading your heart, your soul, your mind, your body? See, all of these fruit, all of the fruit are guided and directed first by this great love that God has for us. Don't miss this. You say, Paul, what's the answer? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I know Jesus is the answer for everything. No, 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 no. Focus in on his love for you, his gospel. This is what I've learned in my life. That when I have what Thomas Chalmers called this, look, an explosive power of a new affection. When my love for him is above all else because I've been captured by his love for me, then I am motivated to obey him because of how much he loves me. Love is the pure motivator. There's a lot of reasons to love God, right? I mean, to obey him. Well, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, I want to be a good citizen. Uh, out of fear, I want to obey him. I don't want bad things to happen to him. But those are all good reasons, I suppose. But the greatest reason is love. And it's an explosive power of a new affection that you have in him that then uh, diminishes every other affection and desire in your life. I want to be totally controlled by him. 
by his spirit in my life. So friends, it's his grace that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness that shows us the way. It's his goodness. It's his grace. And how about that? It's his joy. It's his peace. Look what happens here. Paul, this traveling artist, paints a picture with words. Do you see it? Do you see it? What we've seen all along. He paints pictures here in Galatians 5, 22, 23. And what we see revealed is a portrait of Jesus himself. He is our hope. He is our love. He is our joy. He is my peace. He alone is good. I focus on him. I give my life to him. A singular love that, can, that controls my life. That's where self-control starts and that's where it ends is a passion for his word, a passion for who he is. But friends, if you're watching right now, or maybe you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, all of this is just, I don't even know what you're talking about. You need to give your heart over to him right now. You need to give your life over to him. That's where it starts. Give him control of your life. Because without him, clearly you are out of control. Who will rescue us from this body of death? Praise be to God. Let's say it together. It's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray together as we close. Lord, I thank you for your grace that has come to us. And I pray right now, Lord, for those who are watching online, those in the room right now who don't know you, that they say, Lord, I give you control of my life. I give you my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for, for overcoming uh, a death and over, overcoming hell on my behalf. I give you my life. Take me, take my life. Let it be all that you have created me to be. I release self-control and I give you control right now. In Jesus' name, amen.